The yeas have it. Our nation's official joke state shall be New Jersey. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Gabby's Travels, a travel podcast. I'm Gabby, and this week we're discussing three fun spots in the great state of New Jersey. Grounds for Sculpture, Northlands, and Peddler's Village. In my mind, these spots are connected by my experiences there. In reality, they're separate entities, and you probably wouldn't want to visit all three in one day. That's why this is the New Jersey Special. You might be asking yourself why I've decided to squash an entire state into one podcast episode. I'm not. This is far from the last time I will discuss New Jersey. In fact, it's not even the first time. I've already talked about the Scrub Daddy Smile Store and the American Dream Mall. I just wanted to talk, wanted to talk about three places that may not warrant an entire episode, and they all have one thing in common. Also, I considered making this episode about my trip to Corning, New York, after last week's episode about Binghamton, but I couldn't think of a sound clip for that, so it'll have to wait. Enjoy the ten seconds of Futurama. Also, I've been traveling to New Jersey a lot for work lately. Very brief trips, nothing worth discussing here. But, you know, perhaps I have a better appreciation for the state now. Although, uh, I did end up passing by the American Dream Mall the other day. They have some cute inflatables up for Halloween. Which, by the way, speaking of Halloween, I was definitely tempted to run into the American Dream Mall just to go to It's Sugar and get some candy. The candy there is just really fresh. But I didn't go, and that's my update on the American Dream Mall. I haven't been there, but I drove past, and it still looks like fun for all the reasons I detailed in that episode. Plus some seasonal theming. Our first two spots in the podcast come from the same trip. In Early August of 2021, I drove from upstate New York, where I was living at the time, very close to Pennsylvania, though, right on the border. Uh, I drove at least three hours to get to our first stop, which was the first stop on that trip, which is Grounds for Sculpture in Hamilton, New Jersey. Grounds for Sculpture, as the name implies, is an outdoor garden uh, with sculptures, a sculpture garden. It is a sprawling grounds with a lot of horticultural value and throughout you're going to find different uh, art installations, sculptures from all different sizes and artists. The main artist there and the founder is uh, Seward Johnson. I found this place on Atlas Obscura's website. Atlas Obscura is a website and book series that details different places on earth throughout the world that are obscure or interesting. And that's how I found Rat's Restaurant, which is what led me to Grounds for Sculpture. Rat's Restaurant is the themed restaurant that is connected at to the grounds. It is not the only place to eat, but it is definitely where, well, it's where I ate, and it's definitely where I would recommend to eat. It's a real, it's a real interesting ex- experience on its own, separate from Grounds for Sculpture. So Rat's Restaurant, we'll start with that, because that's where I started my trip. It is named after the character Rat or Ratty from uh, The Wind in the Willows, the classic book. And the whole place is themed to feel like you're eating inside of a children's storybook. And it really, it, it really is a remarkable place. The theming is spot on. It's so cozy. And if you can get a view, uh, you might even want to eat outside. They have limited dining area outside right on the gardens, but... Even if you have, even with a view of the outside, it's gorgeous. One of the most beautiful spots on the grounds. The place I'll start my description of grounds for sculpture and the place I started my 
journey in Grounds for Sculpture is also the starting ground for Rat's Restaurant, which is a beautiful garden themed after uh, Monet paintings. And it's uh, a beautiful koi pond, a little lake with a, a bridge. There's flowers, I'm sure that varies seasonally, but foliage, uh, and even a few sculptures to get you started. One in particular, I remember being a sculpture of a man painting the beautiful scenery. And if I remember correctly, I bumped into this guy and I said, oh, sorry, then realized it was a painter, not, it was a sculpture, not a real painter. But it would really, it would really make sense to just have someone there painting this area because it is so beautiful and right out of a painting. And you could look at that while you're eating, even walk around a little bit while you're waiting for your food, which is what I did. And uh, another thing to mention right now at the beginning is when I was there, I was a single eater and a single explorer of the gardens. I went on my own. Now, if you're at Grounds for Sculpture, you're going to want to take pictures. It's a beautiful place. That's definitely going to happen. And when I, I got by fine as a single explorer, I would ask people to take photos of me. Uh, I took some selfies. I made do. But if that doesn't sound like something you want to do and you just want to, you know, have someone with you to take your pictures, I definitely recommend bringing a loved one or a friend along with you. Not that I didn't enjoy my time as a single ex uh, explorer. Actually, I thought it was really nice. But uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind if you want pictures. But I bring this up just to say the people at the serving, the people serving at Rat's Restaurant were very accommodating. I was obviously a single diner. I think I was even running late for my reservation. They were very nice about it. And it all worked out. If I remember correctly, well, I know. I got a burger. I ordered a burger there. They do have fancier food. Me with the, <laughs> with the common palate getting the burger there. And I think I enjoyed it enough. It was a long time, obviously, to remember. Uh, but really what you remember about Rat's Restaurant is the ambiance. It's a beautiful place to eat. I remember the food being good. And... I really can't recommend it enough. Definitely make sure you have a reservation. Uh, they have they serve lunch, dinner, drinks, desserts. Uh, they have a kids menu. That's definitely a, that's not the only place where you could start your journey through the grounds for sculpture. But that's where I started, and let's get into that now that we've discussed how Rat's Restaurant, based on the Wind in the Willows, or just fiction and books in general, is definitely something you'll want to visit. Um, this, by the way, Rat's Restaurant is not the only place to eat. Uh, if you're looking for something more casual or you just don't want to pay, you know, because it is fancier food, if you want something cheaper, there are at least two other uh, cafes or places to eat on the grounds that I see. There is the Van Gogh Cafe, which is in the Welcome Center with near more of the indoor uh, art galleries. And there is a Peacock Cafe, I which is closer to the Peacock Fields, which I believe was closed when I was there, but it is something there. Um, so, if you want to eat at Rats Rest, if you want to eat at Grounds for Sculpture, I'd recommend Rats Restaurant. But if you're not willing to pay or you don't want to spend the time or whatever, there is a place to get more casual food in the Welcome Center. But that's jumping ahead of ourselves because I didn't start at the Welcome Center, which is number one on the map. I am going by a lot. I'm going to rely heavily on the map that you could see on the Grounds for Sculpture website. That's groundsforsculpture.org, I believe. And I did. I started at what's called 
Rats Woodlands. This is the area that is adjacent to Rats Restaurant. It's right by a, lit, a little pond and what is known as the Monet Bridge, because as mentioned, it looks right out of a Monet painting. So after I finished my food, I started along the path that uh, trails the koi pond, and there is a station there where you can check in and get your bracelet. Again, this is not the only place to check in, but that's where I started. There's, uh, again, there's a whole welcome center in a different area, but uh, I go there. When you go to Grounds for Sculpture, you have to make a reservation for your arrival time. I don't know if this was always the case or if it was a COVID thing. I went pretty much in the middle of COVID, so it was definitely a thing then. I believe it's still a thing now. You have to tell them what time you're going to get there, and they'll give you your bracelet based on that. But it's not like you're reserving a certain time period. You're not saying, can I come from 12 to 2? No. It's 12. You're, you say, I'm coming at 12, and you could stay as long as you want. You could stay the whole day. You could, if you want to get the most uh, bang for your buck, maybe you want to come really early in the day and stay the whole time. I doubt they'll kick you out. I really do. But all this to say, uh, this was my entrance point, and I went from Rats Restaurant and the Monet Gardens, uh, so to speak, into Rats Woodlands. And in this area, it's more wooden, wooded. Uh, it really is like you're in a little forest, and you walk around, and there are some sculpt sculptures here. Um, a lot of trees to see, a lot of gardens, and if you follow the path that uh, falls around along, say, the stream, the waterways, uh, that'll take you to what's called the fairground gardens. Uh, the thing about grounds for sculpture is there are a lot of different areas, and it's surprising how different the topography could be. Uh, I don't know if I'm using that word right, but it's like totally different ecosystems. Like, you go into Rats Woodlands, and it's completely wooded. It's a rat. It's a, it's a woodlands. It's a forest. And then you go towards the fairgrounds gardens, which is closer to the welcome center. And it's almost, I don't want to say desert-like, but it's a lot drier. It's a lot sunnier. Oh, this seems like a good time, isn't it, to get it out of the way. I went in August. It was very hot. And there are some parts that are indoors and air-conditioned, which I'm grateful for, but weather permitting for this whole place, by the way. Not that it's their fault that I forgot to wear sunscreen going into a giant outdoor garden, but definitely keep that in mind. Learn from my mistake. So if you follow the Rats Woodlands path, the next logical spot, uh, if you're following the path I did, was to go to the fairgrounds gardens. You'll see more sca uh, sculptures scattered around. But the main, the main attraction of this area of the grounds would be the Seward Johnson Center for the Arts, which is the biggest indoor gallery there. There are different, there are others, but this one is where you're gonna find uh, a welcome center, the Van Gogh Cafe I mentioned, even the gift shop, which I don't remember being too expansive. Um, I don't think I got anything there. Uh, it's just a, a building where they'll have some extra art indoors. I remember one thing I saw at the Seward Johnson Center for the Arts was a recreation of the Van Gogh painting of his room with the chair. And you could walk into the room. You're walking into the painting. I doubt you could touch anything, but you could take pictures as though you're inside of that Van Gogh painting. And I don't know if that was a temporary installation or what, but no matter what, there is definitely a lot to see. You're not going to want to miss. If you're anything like me and you're going in the dead of summer, you're not going to want to miss the, the indoor art exhibits here. 
One thing I love about Grounds for Sculpture is that it feels like you could just wander the grounds and get lost. You could just follow a path, and no matter where you go, you're going to find something. It'll surprise you. They'll jump out at you. You might even mistake them for another person. Like, oh, sorry, I bumped it. Oh, you're just a sculpture. And there's just so much to see. And so when I'm looking at the map now, I notice there, once you get to the indoor area, there's a lot of different paths you could take. You could go back the way I came, which is towards the Rats Woodlands and the restaurant. Uh, but there's also the main fork in the road, so to speak, just looking at the map as it is. And of course, there's all different paths you could take. There's some sculptures right outside the Welcome Center. You can go through the orchard, which are some trees and other interesting uh, horticultural uh, sites to see. And you also have the sculpture court where there's sculptures. There's sculptures dotted. The point is of this place is that you walk around and you find the art. It's just scattered. I don't even want to say hidden because it's everywhere. But let me just describe the center of the gardens. You have your art, your orchard, your sculpture court. There's another museum building where they'll have indoor installations. And then the, if you take that all the way to, I don't know what the cardinal directions would be on this map, but uh, the opposite side of the grounds, the opposite to Rat's Restaurant where I started, you have the Peacock Run, uh, another indoor building. There's also, um, I don't believe, when I was there at least, the uh, cafe there in that area was closed, but that is where a bathroom would be. And as, as it may suggest, you could see peacocks there. And there are, of course, everywhere you go, there's sculptures, because there's sculptures there, there's peacocks, uh, you're close to more of the indoor uh, installations. And then further on, you get to what's called the Great Lawn, which is close to the lakeside. And there are different areas. They have one that's right on a smaller pond, the Lotus Pond. Uh, you have something called the Amphitheater, which really, it looks like a stone amphitheater. If I remember, uh, you could see some of the more abstract or interesting, dare I say, weird sculptures in this area. And it really makes you marvel, you know, how different is an amphitheater made of stone from the where you started, the Rats Woodlands, with the different, with the Monet motif and the beautiful uh, flowers. And how different is that from the orchard with all the trees growing? There's just so much to see in different areas of this place that look totally different. So my suggestion for Grounds for Sculpture is grab a map, be ready to walk, and just explore. That's why I, why I started this podcast calling myself a solo explorer. That's what I love about this place is that there's a lot to see. The sculptures are all really interesting. They range from uh, small things you'll find on the indoor museum uh, to giant towering sculptures the size of a building. And then you have things that are abstract and even, even kind of, you know, out there looking and things that are just so lifelike you'll bump into them and apologize because it's just in the middle of everywhere and it's this as opposed to like a traditional museum nothing is behind like glass I'm sure there's something somewhere that's behind glass but most of it is just out there for you to sit next to take pictures with you could even touch I don't know if that's I don't know if it's uh encouraged to touch them but there's information about all the sculptures much of it is Seward Johnson 
Um, but there are a lot of different artists there. Everything, all, everything will be labeled with information. And just be ready to walk and explore. And that's pretty much it for Grounds for Sculpture. A lot to see. The art is beautiful. There's one area, one sculpture that I think is pretty neat. If you look for people who have taken photos, it's Grounds for Sculpture. I think you're bound to see it. It's an homage to the painting The Scream. Uh, and you'll always see the pictures of people, including me. I took the same picture. Standing in next to or in front of the Scream statue and making that same face. But what you might not see from that photo is that that one, uh, that one art piece is actually connected to a little building that you could walk inside and where that wall seems like it juts out with the Scream character on the inside, it's, con it's caved in. Uh, I'm not doing it justice. My point is there's a lot more than meets the eye. There's a lot to explore. Like you might see a picture of the scream on a wall and think that's cute. But when you really get to go there, you could explore so much more. You go inside and see it from the other side. And isn't that just a metaphor for what Grounds for Sculpture is? How you could look at these beautiful photos and you will want to take them because it's a gorgeous place. But there's so much more to do when you're actually there and you can explore it for yourself. And with that bit of... Uh, pretentiousness. I'm going to go into my uh, tips and recommendations for grounds for sculpture. Now, first off, I I went through uh, many of the main areas of the grounds. There's one part I did not mention until now because I want to make it very clear. The meadow is an area of the park or the grounds that is a little bit off the beaten path, and I want to make sure that everyone going there is aware of it because it took me a while to find it. And the, I, the thing about Grounds for Sculpture is when I give these tips, it's one of the few places where someone I know has directly went and visited based on my recommendations. My aunt and uncle, after seeing my pictures, they went to Grounds for Sculpture for themselves and they said that my tips I gave them really helped them. So I know this is helpful and I want to specify it. The meadow is an area a little bit off the beaten path. You'll have to cross a road, not like a, a big road, but like an entrance road for uh, the, the auxiliary entrance. And it's behind the Peacock Run, so behind a lot of buildings. But if you go there, that's where a lot of the biggest sculptures are, uh, like giants, so you don't wanna miss the meadow. It's on the map, uh, don't write it off. It is off the beaten path, so it'll take a little effort maybe to find, but. It's behind the Peacock Run in those areas. And uh, on to our next tip, I mentioned the Peacock Run. There are some animals you're gonna see here. There's peacocks, you know, you might see some ducks over in the woodlands. There's a lot to see, it's really cute. Uh, another hint tip, this is about uh, Rat's Restaurant. Speaking of the woodlands, a lot of good segues here. Uh, I mentioned this before, but you definitely want to make a reservation. They have it online, so it's really easy, especially if you want to eat outside, which you might because if you, depending on the season and the weather, you know, eating outside is right on the koi pond, but I'm sure that you could maybe request that in your online. I'm sure there's no way for them to guarantee it because it's just such an in-demand thing. It's so gorgeous, but no matter what, make that reservation in advance if you want to go to Rats. And again, if you don't want to pay for that or you don't want to spend the time, there are other places to eat. There's the Van Gogh Cafe, but... I'd recommend rats. It's a really fun part of the experience, at least in my case. Uh, the other, another tip I would give, as already mentioned, is be prepared for weather and prepared to walk. 
I showed up without sunblock on a very hot day, and that's just a reflection of me being dumb, but at least you can learn from that mistake. It's a, this is a very much outdoor place, indoor enough uh, for little breaks, but be prepared. And that is Grounds for Sculpture. I recently had a local historical museum building uh, type attraction do, uh, bring in a traveling exhibit of Seward Johnson's artwork. And uh, I don't think it was plucked right from Grounds for Sculpture. They were different sculptures, but uh, they just set up a, the similar, a similar setup in this museum where, well, it was, it's a historical house and they just placed all these sculptures throughout the grounds and you would walk around and find them all. And it was really nice just having that so close. And it was a lot like Grounds for Sculpture. It was the same deal. I went with that same aunt because we both loved Grounds for Sculpture and we wanted to see it when it was close by. But the point of telling the story is that's the appeal, is the walking around and finding all the different sculptures. There'll be some that are really abstract, some that are really huge, some that are homages to classic art, like The Scream or Van Gogh. And there's just so much to see. And it's all so different. It's such a variety that I can't recommend Grounds for Sculpture enough, especially if you want to take some nice pictures. Now, before we move on to the second part of the New Jersey special, I have an update. Between the time I recorded the first part of this podcast about Grounds for Sculpture and the time I'm recording this, two things have happened. First off, I went back to the American Dream Mall. Uh, this was my third time going there, and as mentioned, I was in the area for work. This was a unique experience because unlike the last two times, I was there on, on business-minded activities, not actually working in there, but I only had one lunch hour to go and get, explore the mall. It wasn't even exploring. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and I wanted to go to It's Sugar, the three-story candy store, which was the highlight of my last two trips, because there's a candy store near where I live, in my pretty close to my hometown, that just has very stale candy. And when you go to It's Sugar, you can really taste the difference. It's, everything is so fresh. Uh, I actually w went there with encouragement from my mom. I was nervous to go in because, you know, it's a big place. It's daunting when you only have an hour. But she wanted me to pick up some candy for her. And the instructions were, uh, she likes old lady candy. She wanted mints and fruit chew fruit sucking candies, not even chews. And I looked all over the it's sugar for that, for that kind of candy, and I couldn't find it. So I go to the front desk, the cashier's desk, and I say, hey, do you have any sucking candies? And they didn't. They didn't even have Jolly Ranchers. They had sugar-free Jolly Ranchers, but they didn't have regular Jolly Ranchers. And then over on the table with some of the, some of the bag fill candy, sitting there like a gift from God, was a package of grandma candy and just starlight mints and butterscotches and those strawberry-looking drops. So I tell this story just to say, you know, shout out to the people who work at It's Sugar in the American Dream Mall. <laughs> they are very helpful. <laughs> Not that I, they probably have a pretty good job, all things considered. Oh, but yeah, American Dream Mall, it's a lot much the same as uh, when I was there last. Not a lot new opened as I could see. There are still whole hallways that are walled off because they're not filled with stores, which is a little awkward when you're trying to get somewhere because Oh, the kiosk says to just go this direction, but that hallway's closed. 
well, I feel like such a brat complaining because there's so much to see at the mall and they're promising so much to come. There was uh, one new thing I did see is uh, I went there during the Halloween sec uh, time of year and they had a spirit Halloween. They're everywhere. And they had some cute decorations up like giant inflatables. Very impressive. I wonder what they'll do for... But yeah, it was surprisingly not that crowded uh, on a week... Well, I guess it's not that surprising. I was there on a weekday, on a school day. So if you're wondering, is it possible to go to the American Dream Mall and uh, go and spend there only for an hour? Well, in my experience, yes. With a couple asterisks. First, you want to go when it's not that crowded, like in the middle of the day, in a school work day. Two, um, you're going to have to pay for parking. I was really lucky with parking. That was what I was worried most about, but I got a spot right by one of the doors, and there are many doors, which also makes parking daunting because there are different parking lots. Uh, and number three, uh, know where you're going. I mean, I knew, I knew I wanted to go to the candy store and grab something for lunch in the food court. I wouldn't have had time to ride the ferris wheel not that it ran that early i don't think i'm pretty sure it was closed but the point is know what you're gonna do i just really wanted to talk about my trip to the american dream mall because in the intro to this episode i mentioned that i hadn't gone and i don't want to lie to my listeners so the second thing that happened is i saw an ad for a new uh, experience in new york city called uh monet's garden Located on Wall Street in Manhattan, this is a 360-degree virtual art exhibit of Claude Monet's paintings. If you're familiar with the recent Van Gogh immersive experience, it's in the same vein as that one, if they aren't the same company putting them together. The famous paintings are projected onto the walls. I guess the reason I bring this up in this episode is to say that you don't have to go to Monet's garden. I mean, if you go if you want to. I haven't been to either experience, this one or the Van Gogh one. But I'm sure they're fine. I'm not trying to slander them. But uh, grounds for sculpture, if you're looking to feel like you're inside a Monet painting, or a Van Gogh painting for that matter, uh, grounds for sculpture is something to consider. You can walk over a real bridge over a real pond with real lily pads. Uh, again, if you, if you like holograms, go ahead to Monet Gardens in the city. But I just find it interesting that there's a market for this. Just... People who want to feel like they're inside paintings, which, that's one way to go about it. Or this way, in Grads Resculpture, will bring you a lot closer to nature and the outside. So it's up to you. It's just pretty interesting to think about how people will, uh, you know, have interest and have a market to go to an immersive Monet experience when Grounds for Sculpture has its own spin on that already. <laughs> Ah, all right, let's get back Holographic to the episode. Holographic meatloaf. My favorite! Now, I hope that my description of Grounds for Sculpture makes it seem like a very special place to visit. But this next place is so special that it's not only on the Atlas Obscura website, which is where I found it, but it's in the print Atlas Obscura book. The real atlas. The second edition, at least. Which I now hold in my hand, and which I'd like to read. So, citing the Atlas Obscura second edition, An Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders, by Joshua Foyer, Dylan Thras, and Ella Morton, here's a description of Northlands, located in Flemington, New Jersey. <clears throat> 
Over eight miles, or 13 kilometers, of miniature train tracks run through this building, making it the largest model train layout in the world. Creator Bruce Zacchino began building the miniature railroads in his basement in 1972. After twice annual open houses drew big crowds, Zacchino decided to open Northlands to the public as a permanent attraction. It debuted in 1996 in a 52,000 square foot building along Route 202. The 135 trains of Northlands cross over 40, 400 bridges and pass by miniature cities, mountains, half a million trees, and crowds of teeny people. Then there are the otter sites, such as an outhouse factory and a crashed plane with survivors standing on its wings. There's a layer of dust on everything, and the lighting's a bit dim, but the vastness and the detail of the scenery transcend the moth-eaten vibe. Thank you, Atlas Obscura. So as I said in that description, our next stop on the New Jersey Special is Northlands, the largest model train setup in the world. Northlands is open on the weekends, Friday through Sunday. It also contains a visitor center for New Jersey, where you can pick up pamphlets in their gift shop. It's open for community gatherings, including scouts and campers, and birthday parties. And according to a display that I saw when I went there, it's Christmas every day in Northlands. Except perhaps in the Halloween season, because currently, as I mentioned, it's Halloween time, and they are celebrating at Northlands as well. It's a place that's very festive, very fun, and very vast. It'll take, let's say, at least an hour to walk through the whole building. Plus extra time if you want to ride the model train outside. Although, make a note, uh, when I went there, they told me the train only runs on Saturdays and Sundays. I went on a Friday. So I was out of luck. But I still, I still had a great time. It's a great place, and as I read in Atlas Obscura, it started as a smaller project, and now it's Guinness Book of World Records recognized. Actually, forget when I said an hour. According to their website, uh, FAQs, it's uh, at least 90 minutes. But that just means there's a lot to see, and there really is. More than just model trains. But let's get into my personal experience at Northlands. So you go in, uh, there's free parking there, and it's a big white building on the side of a highway. I wish I knew more about New Jersey highways to tell you exactly which one. And you go inside and you enter through the gift shop, and uh, that's when you buy your tickets. Uh, I'll round up certain tips like this at the end, but... I thought the tickets were a little pricey, you know, it was $36 for me, an adult. There are discounts, I suppose, for children and all that. Uh, and uh, it looks like you could save money if you order in advance. Oh, uh, it looks like it's at the door it's the same price for a kid. But again, you could save money if you order in advance on their website, which is, def oh, as always, something to check out when you look uh, plan a trip to anywhere. But you go in, oh, and you can ask at the front desk when I was there at least. You know what, I'm not going to say when I was there. Just assume everything I'm talking about uh, happened when I was there, and if it changed since then, uh, g good luck. <laughs> I go there, and they have a scavenger hunt, where there are letters scattered throughout the model trains, and if you find them all, you can get a prize. So you go through, and it's instantly, you walk through, it's a long, it's basically, I don't want to say a long hallway, because it does take you it's a pathway, and you walk all around, and there's areas that are uh, 
the biggest chunk of it is themes like a uh, big canyon or mountainside or just nature area where there are lots of trains, lots of, uh, lots of bridges. I, oh, and then there are smaller areas that are more themed. Like there was one area that looks kind of like a city with some backlighting. You'll see, uh, you can see it all. There's so much to see. Um, one thing I liked was like a, a little model of a train falling off the track. So it's not all moving models. There's a lot of just decoration. And there's a lot of person. One thing I like about Northland is that there's a lot of personality. There's a great uh, sense of humor. Um, so one of the pictures that I have on my phone that I haven't been <laughs> had the heart to delete is one of the spots on North in the Northlands display, which it doesn't have a train in it. It's just a lot of different, I want to say toothpicks. I'd have to double check to be sure. Well, I guess I did find the heart to delete it, but uh, it was something like toothpicks. It's all, it's all kind of DIY. Not to obviously a lot of do-it-yourself attention went into this, but the point, you know, it's made from arts and crafts type things. Not entirely, but some of the displays, especially this one, which looks like a little cemetery, but the label for it on the sign is Grave of the Unknown Hobo, which is, uh, I thought was pretty funny. Um, like, you'll, oh, you're not going to be able to touch the actual trains, of course, but throughout the place, there are buttons, and if you press them, something will happen. Usually it'll be uh, a recording that'll tell you some something, if not something about the trains themselves, uh, something about the tableau. Like, we put together this picture of a, maybe a city, a town, a mountainside, and we're going to tell you, by pressing the button, what's happening. So there's a character in these stories of Grandma, and there's all these, uh, the stories of her antics. And in fact, when I was there, there, I said it again. That's who the that's what the um, scavenger hunt was about. It's something to do with the grandma and her character. Um, and speaking of that scavenger hunt, you'll go through and you'll see the different areas and you'll see little letters that are stickers on different parts of the different parts of different rooms, different parts of the attraction. And I personally did cash in my I'll admit and I did admit this at the time I could not finish all of it I could not find one letter but I was able to figure out what the scavenger oh one letter you go through and you find the different letters and that'll spell something out about grandma and about the place <laughs> and if you find all the letters they'll give you the prize which was very generous actually I think it was a couple of postcards and a uh, magnet for the fridge and I, I admitted this at the time, I did not find all the letters. It is a good scavenger hunt. You might miss something. But I found enough that I knew what, what, the, what the answer was. And they were very nice about it. They're very nice there. Although it is mostly self-guided, which I love. Uh, you just walk through your, by yourself. And it's not just trains there. One thing that was really sticks out in my memory was a giant, like, dollhouse. Like, it's all walled off. And it's, it's, it's like the train in the sense that they're creating a little tableau for you. I feel like I'm just describing different toys that they've set up in this area. Like, oh, look at the little stories. But yeah, my point is it's really fun. It's interactive in the sense that you get to hit buttons. It's self-guided. You get to go for a nice little exploration of this building. I really can't recommend Northlands enough. I'm not, even a, I'm not a huge train person. Obviously, if I find one, either here 
or in Binghamton, I'll, I'll like it, but I'm not building a set in my basement. But if, if you are and you're in the New York area, I, I really hope that you've heard of Northlands. It's probably, it's, uh, I think it's fair to say it's one of the best places for uh, model train enthusiasts in the New York area. So yeah, the trains are moving. They run all around. I remember what I remember best from it is that it's interactive. You can press buttons. They have a great sense of humor. If you read all the signs, listen to the buttons. They have more to see than just trains, like the dollhouse and some other toys, different collections. But the trains themselves are pretty great. And sometimes you can even find enjoyment in trains that aren't running, like little tableaus of train wrecks. Or, and there's a scavenger hunt they offer, which was very, very fun and challenging. And the reward was pretty great. I wish I was able to ride the train, but hey, that just gives me an excuse to come back. So, uh, let's see. I guess Northlands is something you have to experience for yourself. In Atlas Obscura, when I read that quote, that passage, they were a little critical of how old everything seems. Maybe. I don't think I noticed that as much when I was there. I thought it was really nice. And if it is a little older, I feel like that just adds to the charm, which is also what Atlas Obscura said, you know? I like that the the little uh, tableau pieces are made of toothpicks and old uh, popsicle sticks, you know? It, it's, it feels like, it, I mean, it is something that someone made out of love. It reminds me of the American Treasure Tour, which is something I've talked about in other episodes, which was also started as a pet project that was shared with the world. So yeah, I definitely recommend Northlands. It's a pure, poor, pure classic roadside attraction. Okay, I think I've sold it enough, unless I can think of any other, any specific spots. The whole thing is, uh, unlike Grounds for Sculpture, where you have to be wary of parts that aren't on the beaten path, uh, this is one straight walkthrough. I mean, if you want to go backwards because you forgot something, or because you missed something on your scavenger hunt, and now you gotta go back, which may have happened to me, there's no guard there who's gonna push you forward. But for the most, but you're not gonna get lost, is what I mean. You're not, you're not forced forward, you can go on your own time, but you're not going to get lost. You can go back if you want to. And, um... That means I don't have to tell you about anything in particular. Like, oh, don't miss the room with the giant train that sings. That, um, because you know, you, you'll see everything. You, it's just one straight shot. Almost like a museum. And I really love fun museums. So let's go right into some tips for Northlands. Uh, first of all... If you want to ride the train, the big train, that the, the one you can actually ride, I don't think you'll have much luck riding the miniature ones, make sure you go on a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, number two, be sure to look at their website, especially if you're going to buy tickets, if you could buy tickets in advance, because it is cheaper there. Uh, another tip would be that, yeah, it is a little expensive to go there. I mean, $36 per person. I think it's worth it, uh, especially if you're going to get that discount by buying in advance online. This is, uh, you're going to get, According to their website, at least 90 minutes of activity. I'd say two hours is a good estimate. Comfortable shoes is always a good tip for travel. I mean, this is an indoor activity. So, you don't have to worry about weather. But, you know, there's a bit of walking. I believe it was mostly, like, ramps. So I wouldn't worry about, say, accessibility. But I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they have, uh, I'm sure that's a, t a concern they've already taken care of. But you could bring a stroller, is what I'm getting at. I, I did. I think I saw some kids there, um, which I, I'm sure kids go there. 
I don't know why I have to clarify that. I am sure kids would love this. But what, did I personally see some? I think I don't know anything personally about having a birthday party or an event there. I mean, it sounds like it'd be great. Um, but if you want to do that, do your own research. I mentioned their website. Also, there is a gift shop area where they have some toys. Some that are, you know, very nice and specific to your experience, like little model train cars. Some that are just toys that your kid might beg you for, so be aware of that. They also have a little arcade, and they have, um, as I mentioned, pamphlets, like a welcome center. So, definitely a lovely place to visit, a classic roadside attraction, and a genuine world record holder, you know, the world's largest model train set. I can't recommend it enough. It's kind of amazing that this is so close to New York City and so close to Grounds for Sculpture. Well, it's not really that close, but think of it like uh, you're me and you're planning a trip. It's like, this is going to be my New Jersey trip. I'll go to Grounds for Sculpture, which is far, and then on the way back I'll swing by this, uh, this Northlands, which was so worth it. It's such a nice place. And if I can't think of another tip to give you, besides to be aware of the money and the website and the train on the outside, you'll probably want to take pictures. The lighting's not the best, uh, so be aware of that. But a lot to see, but the lighting's not great, so you'll want to take pictures. Maybe uh, be conscious of the flash. Uh, I don't know if flash photography is allowed. I mean, I'm sure it is. I don't know why. It, you know, it's not like a zoo or something. Um, you just don't want to damage the trains if that's possible. But yeah, you'll see a, if you like bottle trains, you'll see a lot of trains at Northlands. So in my mind, Northlands and Grounds for Sculpture are connected because I went to them on the same day on the same trip. That's enough for an episode all on its own of Gabby's Travels, I would say, but because this isn't just an episode, it's the New Jersey special, I'm going to throw in a third place I've been to, uh, which is called Peddler's Village. And Peddler's Village is, if anything, connected to Northlands because they're actually pretty close. I definitely drove past Northlands on the way back from Peddler's Village. Oh man, this is embarrassing. I just realized that Peddler's Village isn't in New Jersey. It's in Pennsylvania. Ooh. That's quite a conundrum. Alright, I'll go through... I'll go through Peddler's Village really quick. I apologize that this is not actually in New Jersey for the New Jersey special. We did drive through New Jersey, and in my mind it was very close, because I passed by Northlands on the way home. But apparently it is in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Peddler's Village is located in... Lash Lahaska, Pennsylvania, which is in Bucks County. It is a small shopping village with stores, restaurants, and a children's entertainment center with a, a indoor climbing area, carousel, arcade, that kind of thing. Kids have birthday parties there. The area is really scenic, a lot of nice buildings, you know, old mill-style wheels spinning, water features. Uh, what I liked best about Peddler's Village was the, the variety of different shops there. I mean, we've all been to quaint little towns or shopping areas where it's nice, but they have the same kind of shops on every corner. Like There's a million soap shops, boutiques, clothing stores, which is nice, candle shops. This one had a good array of different things. Like I think there was, a, there was one big candy store, but really only one. There was a couple bakeries and coffee shops. There was one place that sold, like, beef jerky. 
there was one store I really liked that was an art gallery, and it was, I think the artist's name is Thomas Kincaid, who does a lot of Disney art. So that was a sight to see. Oh, there was one store that just sold, uh, like, well, not just, but they sold cuckoo clocks. I actually walked in there at 12.02, like sometime exactly afternoon, and I'm like, did I just miss it? But no, no. They don't just have the clocks running, and they're not all going to go off at the same time. That would be cool, though. And, you know, uh, lots of different things. Wear, dress comfortably for the weather. Wear shoes. There's a lot of walking. The one thing I didn't like most... Oh, well, there's some bookshops there, some toy shops there. There's a lot of variety. Clothing. I got, like, some handbags. Um, one thing I didn't like about Peddler's Village that much was the bathrooms. Because, not that it was, like... A huge issue. Uh, there could have been uh, more and bigger ones. But what really bothered me was the sinks there. They had some fancy new kind of sink where it's like all it's like a, a cabinet in the wall and you stick your hands in and everything's automatic. So they dispense the soap, they dispense the water. Like, I think even the blow dryer is built into that. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. What, do you not trust me to turn the water off when I'm done? Just relax. Yeah, um, I when I was there, I was I went in. Uh, I might later in this podcast in a pre-recorded message say that we went there in March, but I actually went there in May with my aunt, uncle, and mother. And I went there in normal dress, you know, uh, jeans, and I had to buy a pair of shorts because you know I wasn't prepared for that much heat and that much walking. But of course, it's all weather dependent. They have different things going on depending on the seasons. When I was there, it was the strawberry festival. And I believe now that it's fall, it's the Apple Festival. And I'm sure they have non-produce-related events as well. There are over 60 shops in Peddler's Village. Uh, and even there are also restaurants. And they have events throughout the year. So for Christmas, Halloween, even though it's not always going to be the best weather for an outdoor trek, they are ready for it. Uh, one thing that is a big draw would be the Giggleberry Farms. Let's see, is that what it's called? Giggleberry Fair. Excuse me, the Giggleberry Fair, which is an indoor playscape or play area for kids. Um, when I was going there, planning my trip, I did plan on going to Giggleberry Farms because I'm not above throwing a couple bucks into an arcade. I'm not above uh, riding a carousel and doing some indoor fun. But when I got there, it was clearly that this place was for kids, which is great. But uh, as an adult with other adults, I had no interest in it. Be aware of that. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you have kids, but you don't want to go there because you want to shop. So just be aware of that. Another thing that's interesting about Peddler's Village is that they did have a scavenger hunt when I was there. It's a little different from the one in Northlands, where it's connected to an app that you have to get on your phone, which I did. I did not solve it. What you do is you go around and each store will have a number letter combination in its window. Say you go to the old soap shop and it's N, uh, N5. I have no idea. You, uh, you'll enter that and there'll be a clue on the web, on the app, on the scavenger hunt, like, go to the shop with the, with the soaps. It won't be that obvious. But you'll enter it in and when you get them all, you win the scavenger hunt. I did not win. So go on, give it a try, and see if you can... But yeah, if you're looking for a a very pretty-to-look-at little shopping village with a lot of variety, 
Yeah, you could do a lot worse than Peddler's Village. I thought it was really fun. They have different, they have a welcome center and different events. And I, I guess I really just stress the different variety of stores they had. That's what keeps it fresh, you know? I love candy shops, but I wouldn't want to go to a place that had five different ones. I like that there was one, and then there was a, a very good bakery right by the by the welcome center. Um, yeah, wear, wear shoes that are comfortable. Research what you want to do, especially if you're thinking of going to Giggleberry Fair. Um, and be aware of the bathroom situation, which could be better. And that's about it for Peddler's Village. I could probably say more, but I've already ruined the New Jersey special by including something that is only near New Jersey. So that's it for the New Jersey special. I apologize for soiling it with my tales of Pennsylvania. But if you made it this far, but who made it this far to see that? So to end out this video, I'd like to attach a little message from the unofficial sponsor of this podcast. My mom, who bought... Anybody's else for Nutley? And now for the very first time on Gabby's Travels, we have a special guest here to talk about Peddler's Village is my mom. Hello Hi. there, everybody. Hi, mom. Hello. So, when did we go to Peddler's Village? Do you remember? It was around a year ago. Uh, it was a little less than that. It was in March. Okay. Like the spring. So, uh, what was your favorite store at Peddler's Village? I liked every store there. It's a cute, quaint little village. Okay. Anything in particular that jumps out at you? Like, do you remember any? The coffee shops, the coffee uh, ice cream parlors, the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, any tips for someone who's planning a trip there? It's a lot of walking, so wear sneakers and... That's about it. You'll have a great time. All right. That's all I need. Thank you. You're welcome.